You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 57. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 12, verses 42 through 48. The Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required." and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Our reading today immediately follows a question from Peter where he says, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? So, as always, Father, I'll ask you to fill us in on the preceding verses and and Peter's question before we dive into today's reading. Yeah, good place to start. So if you look at the parable before today's reading and Peter's question to which Jesus is responding, you see that Jesus gave a parable where he speaks about a master returning to his house after a wedding service. And Jesus mentions that blessed are those servants who were watching, who were prepared for the master so that whenever he came home from that wedding service, be it the second watch, the third watch, whenever it may be, that whenever he came home, they would be prepared, waiting for him, and would open the door. And clearly, Father, uh, what Jesus spoke about in that parable was that the servants should be prepared for the master to come at any time, so that whenever he did, they would be prepared. And it seems clear also that Jesus uses this parable to speak about his second coming, that we do not know when it will happen, so we should always be prepared. Is that correct? Yeah, it's exactly right. Okay, so that part was simple. (laughs) What I'm interested in is if there's any significance to Jesus using the theme of a wedding. Yeah, I believe so. In fact, it's common in the Bible to speak about weddings or marriage or even relationships outside of marriage in the Bible to discuss deeper concepts. Would you share a few examples? Well, you have St. Paul speaking about marriage, and we read this at our wedding services in the Orthodox Church as a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the Church, or I guess rather I should say that the marriage should reflect the relationship of Christ and the Church. And this is the basic biblical model of a marriage, and I believe we've discussed that on a previous episode and how that's often misunderstood. Yes, the woman is supposed to submit to the man, to the husband, as the church does to Christ, but that can only happen, as we said, if the man behaves like Christ, if he loves the bride especially, especially when she sins against him. 
So there's a lot to that passage. I don't want to get too sidetracked with it today, but it's a prime example of the wedding or the marriage being used as an analogy with our relationship to Christ. And then, of course, we have many examples of Christ being referred to or explicitly called the bridegroom or what today we would just call the groom in the New Testament. The gospel writers sometimes refer to him that way. Uh, St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 11.2 mentions how he has betrothed the Corinthians to one husband, that he, that Paul, might present them as a pure virgin to Christ. In the book of Revelation, those who faithfully followed Christ's teaching were called the bride. So we see this relationship of the wedding or marriage used as a metaphor to speak of Christ in the church, those who faithfully follow his will. One thing I wanted to follow up on, Father, that you mentioned uh, a moment ago was the idea that sometimes even relationships outside of marriage are used to express deeper concepts. What did you mean by that? So in both the Old and New Testament, you have this imagery of harlotry or adultery that's associated with idolatry. In other words, you have uh, these sexual relationships that take place outside of the proper bounds of marriage that are used to speak uh, usually about the people of God following after other gods, worshiping other gods, or leading a life astray from God's will. And this imagery is used because both adultery and idolatry are forms of unfaithfulness. And what are some examples of that? Really, it's all over the place. You have it throughout the prophets. Hosea and Ezekiel come to mind, Isaiah as well. Like I said also, in the New Testament, uh, there it is used in some of Paul's writings as well as the book of Revelation. And the words that speak about this spiritual unfaithfulness in the book of Revelation and elsewhere is pornea. And obviously, you know, even if you don't know any Greek, you can hear that the root word is porn and at least get a basic idea of what this means, what it entails. And don't hold me to this as I've never done a complete word study on this term, but I'm guessing that every time Paul uses that phrase, he has that double meaning. He's using it to speak about spiritual unfaithfulness. He's usually speaking about it with the Gentiles, the communities that he converted. As he writes them to correct them, to remind them of his teaching, he calls them out for seeking after other gods, for going back to the idols, for turning aside from the teaching of the gospel. I appreciate you pointing out uh, how the Bible uses these very basic and understandable human institutions and sins to speak more deeply about our relationship to God and and whether we are faithful and loving, as, as in the case of a strong godly marriage, or whether we are unfaithful, uh, as is the case with adultery. So turning back to today's reading, uh, or rather to the statement of Peter right before today's reading, why do you think he asks if Jesus speaks the parable only to the disciples or if he tells it to all people? Well, I think the best bet, given the entire context of the New Testament, and then most especially the ending of Jesus' response, I would say that Peter asked this question because he wants to know if Jesus is speaking only to the disciples or perhaps only to his fellow Jews, or if he's speaking to the Gentiles also. And the end of Jesus' explanation, the end of the reading that you read today, makes it clear that Jesus is speaking to all people, including the Gentiles. That's interesting, Father, because I think it relates to a question I was planning to ask today, specifically I wanted to know the difference between those who receive many stripes and those who will receive few. 
what's going on there, and is that related to what you were just saying about the end of Jesus' response to Peter's question? Yeah, yeah, that's precisely what I was referring to, because at the end Jesus says, the servant who knew his master's will and did not do it will be beaten with many stripes. But the one who did not know his will, yet still committed things deserving of stripes, in other words, he still sinned, he should have known better, that one will be given few. And it seems to me that Jesus there is referencing the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. The idea expressed there is certainly also reflected in the first couple of chapters of Paul's epistle to the Romans. Uh, In essence, the Jews have the law. They know God's will from the law. And if they don't do it, then it's not going to end well for them because they clearly knew God's will. Now, the Gentiles, on the other hand, they didn't have God's law directly, and so therefore uh, they may not have known God's will. But nonetheless, like everyone, God gave them a conscience, and every human society has you know, very basic ideas of right and wrong, and so still they would be punished if they depart from God's will. You know, I like to use this analogy. Uh, when I was pulled over by the police about eight or nine years ago, I was out of town and, and lost. I was actually uh, coming back from a prison visit. I didn't know the speed limit where I was, but I exceeded it, and so I got a ticket. And I explained that I didn't know the limit, but they still gave me the ticket. That's the law. You know, my ignorance was not an excuse. I should have been more careful, and that's what's being portrayed here. But notice the end of Jesus' statement. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more. So clearly there is still more culpability, more responsibility placed on the people of God who have and know God's will versus those who do not have it. So it's a warning to us to ensure that we behave as we've been instructed by Scripture and not to worry so much about our neighbor and whether they may fail or not because to us we know God's will and so we have the responsibility to do it. Before we conclude, Father, is is there anything else uh, you'd like to convey about today's reading anything else of importance yes just very quickly note what jesus said about the servant he called blessed blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes what jesus is stressing is what we are doing how we are behaving how we actually live our lives so you know i won't harp on it anymore this episode is something we discuss fairly regularly but just to point out yet another example That biblical faith is not what we say or say that we think or confess with our lips. No, it is what we do that matters. Thank you, Father. Before discussing today's reading, we first looked at the parable that precedes it. And in that parable, Jesus speaks about a master returning to his house after a wedding and finds his servants who are keeping watch for his arrival. This parable is also used by Jesus to warn us to always be prepared for his second coming. We also discussed the common theme of a wedding or marriage to teach us about deeper biblical concepts. One example given was that of Christ and the church, in which Christ is the groom and the church as his bride. Even relationships outside of marriage can be instructive, as is found in numerous examples throughout Scripture. One such example cited by Father Aaron was that of St. Paul's instruction on spiritual unfaithfulness, in which the Gentile communities he converted were warned against seeking after other gods or turning back to idol worship. And specific to today's reading, we concluded by examining the difference between those who Jesus says will receive many stripes and those who will receive few. Clearly those who receive many stripes are those who knew their master's will and yet did not follow it, 
while those who receive few stripes are the ones who should have known better and yet still sinned. As Christians, we should understand this to mean that as people of God, we have a greater responsibility to live our lives as we have been instructed by Scripture. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.